jumps you straight into Jesus' ministry, uh, which is different. And so looking for these Advent themes that we have in the book of Mark disrupts kind of what we're used to in terms of Advent. So today um, we are going to be talking about peace. Um, it ironically lined up with the Advent candle of the week. Um, but we're going to be looking at peace and, um, and not a, a peace that is short-lived or a peace that goes away when chaos happens. You know, peace is a huge part of this season, right? Like, everywhere you look, there's peace, whether it's in the church or even just in the world. Like, peace is a big part of Christmas. Um, the book that we're doing a book study on, Holy Disruption, she actually talks of this story that I had never heard of. It's called, the, she calls it the Christmas Truce. It's what it was called. And it happened during World War II, World War I, that during this time, you know, war doesn't stop for the holidays, um, but in this instance, um, it did. And so Christmas morning rolled around, and both sides dropped their weapons. And they did Christmas. But then the next day, they were back. Regular scheduled programming. And this idea of that kind of can be how we handle peace during this season. Where for, for a season, we... we we like lay things down and we maybe there's like things that we've got going on with family or stuff going on at work or just stuff in our own personal life. But for some reason during Advent, we like put a pause on that because we have to be peaceful, which means everything has to be okay. And peace means that everything stops and we are, we are good. But when we're walking into that family gathering our stomachs in knots or when we're going into work we're anxious and we're exhausted. Or when we're just waking up every day, our bodies are hurting and, f and, and there's so much going on inside of us. But right now, we drop, we're dropping our weapons to be in the season. But today I want to talk about like actual peace. A peace that happens when we are anxious and we are hurting or we are in the throes of chaos. I have two toddlers. My life is straight chaos. Like, I don't escape it. I'm escaping it right now. Like, I told Jacob to stay home today so that chaos would not be right here. But wouldn't that be ironic? Talk about peace while you got chaos around you. So today I want us to talk about this peace, this peace that we sang about this morning, this peace that genuinely, it like remains. It's something that we don't just feel, but we experience. So before we get into our text, can we pray? God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the fact that you are peace. God, I pray that as we go in to this morning as we talk about peace. God, that we would remember the, the moments we just had as we lit the Advent candle and those, those thoughts that came to our mind, like where do we desire peace in our world? 
in our family and relationships and in within, within ourselves. God, may we hang on to those answers this morning as we explore true peace that is found in you. In your name I pray, amen. So this morning we're going to look at Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 39. Um, it's a common story. Many of us have heard it. It's this, the calming of the sea. Before I read it, most of us have read this text and most of us have ta been taught this text from the perspective of Jesus having this amazing power over, the, over, over nature, which rightly so, because it is amazing. Like, the fact that he had the, just this power to say, be still, be quiet, like, quiet, like, that's pretty unbelievable, and honestly, I wish I could have that power sometimes, like, just quiet, everything, like, stop. But this morning, I want us to take time to look at it from the perspective of the disciples, like, let's be the disciples, Okay, we're going we're gonna to, like, jump on the boat with them, all right? So, chapter 4, Mark 4, verse 35 says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took with him, they took him with them in the boat, whew, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat. So the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And the story ends, and he looks at his disciples, and we know all of that. But what I want to focus on, <laughs> first off, is the fact that the disciples... Like, everyone jumped in this boat not knowing what was coming for them, right? Like, have you ever had seasons in life where you get on board and who knows? Like, all of us. No one knows what tomorrow holds, right? And so they get in this boat. They don't know that there's a big storm coming. Maybe there's clouds that roll in. Like, who knows? We, don't, we weren't there. We don't know. But the disciples, they just get in the boat and they start going. And then all of a sudden, this giant storm hits and they're freaking out, which rightly so. I personally also would be freaking out. But Jesus, he's just asleep, which I don't know how you guys handle storms, but I actually really don't like big storms. So when it's like thundering and lightning and all of that stuff, like I'm not a huge fan. Um, when the wind starts blowing and all of that stuff. I did a project in third grade on tornadoes and it's ruined me um, <laughs> for all types of storms. I don't like them. Um, then I watched that Twister movie growing up, like all the things, you know? I was done for. I was, it was, I was over. And so I would be freaking out. Like the fact that they even let water come in the boat before they woke up Jesus boggles my mind because I would have been like, there's rain, hello. There's rain, let's turn around, like abort. But Jesus, he's peaceful, he's asleep. And he doesn't even answer them when they're like, teacher, don't you care? Like, do you not care that we're about to sink? Like, he doesn't even, like, acknowledge them. He just walks past and he calms the storm. 
And then he acknowledges and he's, You see, Jesus, like he cares about the storms in our life. He cares about this chaos that surrounds us. And this moment with the disciples, he, he is calming the sea. But also, I think there's parts of him that could be saying to them inadvertently, like, you all also calm down. Like, peace. Like, stop. And in, in other translations, peace, it's quiet. It's be still. It's, there's different ways. It's not, um, and this peace that they're talking about is like, it's, a, it's to be, it's to hold. Like, to hold one's peace or to silent or calm. In the chaos of the storm, the disciples, they were looking for that calm. They wanted peace. And they ran directly to Jesus because that's who was going to bring them peace. Right? They, they weren't trying to do it themselves. I mean, maybe. We don't know. Maybe they were like, had buckets, like, and they were trying to get the water out. Who knows? But they went directly to the source. See, they knew that Jesus would bring peace. Maybe they didn't know how. Maybe they didn't even know what it would look like, but they knew that Jesus was going to help them. He loved them. He wanted the best for them. So their question's kind of silly. Of course he cared that they were perishing, or they were drowning, or their boat was sinking. And we don't know. We don't know Jesus' thought process in this. We don't know if he was just like asleep waiting for them to come to him. We don't know if there's no way of knowing. But the thing is, they ran to the source in the midst of just this giant chaos. Chaos surrounded them. They went exactly to the source of peace. He, descri- he displayed this greatness. A greatness that they, that's even scared them, right? It says in, in the vo- verses that follow, like, it says in verse 41, and they were filled with great fear and said to another, who is this that even the wind and sea Obey him. His peace wasn't just to calm the storm that was going on around, but also to calm the disciples. So this Advent season, right, we, we celebrate Christmas, and when Christmas comes, it like embodies us. It takes over every aspect of our life. All of a sudden, we become the busiest people in all the land. I was talking to, I have a couple of the friends who are pastors, um, and they work for churches, and they were, we were, I was talking with one of them, and they were like, oh, I bet you're moving into Advent, like, oh, you bet you're super busy, like, this is the busiest time for me, and I'm like, actually, 
actually, <laughs> no. I actually get to experience Advent for what it's supposed to be. And I'm lucky. I get to work for a church that acknowledges the fact that Christmas is not the time to strap on our boots and move as fast as possible and do as much as possible, but to actually feel and enjoy and experience every aspect of this season. But for many, chaos surrounds us during Christmas. And for us sitting in this church, it might not be Christmas chaos, but just life chaos that's just swarming. Like, have you ever um, seen those scenes in movies where the, like, main character is, like, standing still and everything is, like, moving faster past them? Like, that's what I always think of when life feels overwhelming. Like, I'm that person, I'm standing still, and everything is just, like, going really fast past me. Like, there's just people and things and ideas and things I have to do and all of these things are just flying past me, but I'm, like, almost, like, frozen because it's, like, all so overwhelming. And I can say, well, I have... I have peace of mind. But when the waves start crashing in and everything starts to take over and I start crying out and I'm like, do you even care that I'm here? I'm reminded that, like, do I actually have true peace? Do I actually trust that God loves me enough to care? It seems, like I was talking to Jacob this week, I'm like, I'm really struggling because it feels so cliche or even Christianese for me to be like, Jesus is peace. Like, don't worry, Jesus is your peace. But like, really, he is. Like, the more I studied, the more I read this passage, I told Matt, I said, I read this passage at nauseum this week. Like, I have read it my whole life, but like, I read it so many times. And just kept coming back to this idea of Jesus declaring peace over the storm. But then also that meant peace over the disciples. Because when the storm stopped, the disciples stopped. Their fretting stopped. Their worry stopped. Their anxiety stopped. Their questions of whether Jesus cared about them or loved them stopped. And they were immediately taken and they were at peace A peace that lasts. I mean, they were blown away at who Jesus was in this moment. They were, I mean, in awe of him. Peace is something that God so desires for every single one of us. True peace, a peace that doesn't mean that we're just hitting pause on life circumstances to like enjoy the season, or we're not just hitting pause on life circumstances to say we've got peace of mind, but a peace that cuts through chaos and it cuts through 
the worry and the anxiety and the things that overcome us. A peace that is at the foundation. See, I'm not saying that worry isn't going to happen, that you're not going to feel overwhelmed and chaos is going to go away and that storms of life won't happen because that's not reality. But what I am saying is if we're looking at Jesus and we're running to him, that peace in the midst of all of that is yours. And this Christmas season, this Advent season, that's what he wants for us. He wants that type of peace. He wants a peace that lasts, a peace that remains. But that takes effort, and that takes work. Peace isn't just something that exists on its own. There's layers to it, right? Peace is wrapped up in love. It's wrapped up in faith. It's wrapped up in relationship. There is stability when we think of peace, at least for me. When I think of things being at peace, things are stable. There's a foundation. Peace can feel fleeting, and it can feel like it leaves us, and it comes and it goes, because where is our peace founded in? Who is our peace founded in? We have to take time. Jesus, he stands with us in the midst of everything that surrounds us. And he's standing at the edge of your boat declaring peace over your life. And in this moment, cling to that. We sang this morning, like I listened to um, that song, Be Still, probably uh, like 70 times this morning, because I just think it captures the heart of worship in the terms of like peace and how we can sing it like this idea of us not being overwhelmed because we know who God is. Like we know that we can have peace in Jesus, but we have to be willing to go to him. We can either stand in the boat and constantly scoop out water and feel like everything is overtaking us. Or we can run to the Father, and we can run to Jesus, and just ask for peace. In this Christmas season, we talked, Matt led, as we lit the candle, and he asked those questions, where do you want peace? in the world, or, and then where do you want peace in relationships? And then where do you want peace within yourself? And instead of us constantly trying to find peace on our own, what would it look like if we invited Jesus into those spaces and we found peace with him? The peace that lasts is attached to our God. It's attached to Jesus. A peace that is 
false, a peace that fades away the second we take our hand off the pause button, is a peace that we are searching for on our own. It's a peace that's found in our own strength. It's not a peace that is found in his strength. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled Neither let them be afraid. Jesus is talking in this moment. Jesus is talking to his disciples about what's going to happen when he leaves. He's talking to them about the Holy Spirit coming. He's going to send a helper. They can't go where he's going. And in that moment, he takes the time to say to them that peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither them let them be afraid. I don't know where you're at, and I don't know what you're facing. But I do know that God le- gives you peace. He not only, Jesus not only left peace, but he gave it. And it's something that each one of us has and can have. I wish I could come up here and give you a formula of saying like A plus B equals C, and that's how you get peace. Because that would be way easier, right? Instead, I'm like, hey, go figure it out yourself. But that's the thing, peace can't be taught. I can't, can't, I can't, I can't teach those connection points. I can encourage and pray and hope that you'll experience them for yourself. But what does it look like for you to find peace in Jesus? And what does it look like for you to invite Jesus into your chaos? So that peace can remain when chaos surrounds. Will you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you so much for who you are. I pray peace over every single person in this building and on Zoom and anywhere that they are, God. God, I pray as we walk forward into this week that we would take time to, to sit and be still. I will be still because I know that you are God. We declare peace. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the fact that we can run to you when everything is chaotic around us. And in you, we will find stability. In your name I pray. Amen.